This week is the yard site of the Pnei Yoshua, Rabbi Yaakov Yoshua Falk, who was Niftar on Yud Dalet Shvat in the year 1756. He was born in Krakow in 1680 into a rabbinic family. His grandfather wrote a famous sefer at that time called Magine Shlomo. As was the custom in Poland, he learned in various Polish yeshivas and was married at a fairly young age, was appointed to be in charge of the local base medrash and really was in charge of the chinuch, of the education in the town of his father-in-law, who was apparently a wealthy person. And in 1702, that means when the Pnei Yoshua, Rabbi Yaakov Yoshua, was 22 years old, there was a tragedy in his life. There was an explosion in the house, and his entire family was killed. His wife, his daughter, his father-in-law, and he himself was in a very difficult position during the explosion, and he was almost critical. He had to find a way out of this building that's probably collapsed, and as we remember from Yaakov Avinu, when he said, Yaakov said, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu will protect me at this moment, and therefore he promised to HaKadosh Baruch Hu what he would do in the future, the Pnei Yoshua said that if indeed HaKadosh Baruch Hu saves him from this disaster, he will devote his life to learning Torah, Lishma. He was miraculously saved, obviously, and he became a Rav in many small communities until 1717, when he was 37 years old, he was appointed, appointed Rav in Lemberg. The Lemberg was the city where the Chacham Tzvi had been the Rav before him, and that was already a rather prestigious position, which he kept for 13 years. At that time, the Shabtai Tzvi disputation, the arguments, were go- going on in Europe, and the Pnei Yeshua took a very strong stand. Apparently, he was sort of chased out of Lemberg, and again, he wandered to different communities as the Rav of different communities. He went to Berlin, where he was for a short time. He went to Metz. Eventually, he went to Frankfurt. While he was in Metz, he began to write his classic sefer, Pnei Yoshua. It came out piecemeal. The volume on Gitten Kedushin came out first, and later on, years le- other volumes came out. The last volume was published posthumously. When he went to Frankfurt, so there was at that time the famous machlokas between Rabbi Yaakov Emdin and Rabbi Yonas Nebschitz. The Pnei Yeshua took a very strong position and again he was embroiled in the controversy and he did not find happiness in one job and had to go from one place to another. He met the Chidah 
the Chaim Yosef David Azulai, who wrote the classic Sefer Shem Agdolim, where he discusses uh, the people and books of that of Jewish literature that he knew about, and the Pnei Yeshua praised him very highly. You can see in the Sefer Shem Agdolim under the Pnei Yeshua some excessive comments by the Chida about the Pnei Yeshua. When he was Nifter, the Pnei Yeshua was Nifter in the year 1756. He had instructed that no Hespedin be given. But the Waza has been given by perhaps the leading postlake of that generation, the Noda Bihuda. Although his rabbinic career seems to have been fraught with d- disputations, fights, arguments, and indeed he was rabbi in many, many communities, his fame is not because of his rabbinus at all. The fame is because the name the Pnei Yoshua still resounds in the yeshiva world. An interesting uh, observation can be made about the Pnei Yoshua in light of the derech that has been propagated in the yeshivas for the last uh, almost uh, 70, 80 years. Since Reb Chaim's revolution in Torah created a situation where many yeshivas, the Litvish yeshivas for sure, learned the Brisker derech, it seems that the Pnei Yeshua is not as well used as it once was. The Chazonish already bemoaned the fact that certain Svarim, which were classic in the yeshiva world, had been somewhat ignored, or even if we would not use the extreme word ignored, but not given the same attention as they were given earlier. Uh, the Chazonish was referring to the Maharsha specifically, but perhaps the Pnei Yeshua would be included in the group of Svarim that somehow is not learned as much as it once was. And, in fact, a comment was made by uh, great Rosh Hashiva that the Pnei Yeshua is almost con- to be considered a half a sefer. What he meant by that was that there are many questions in the Pnei Yeshua that were raised that are extremely thought-provocative and very important questions. Not always did the people who studied this new derech appreciate the answers of the Pnei Yeshua, and very often they argued and suggested their own approach to the Sudya. In a certain sense, this shows the importance of the Pnei Yeshua until this very day. The Pnei Yeshua in, writes in his introduction to the Pnei Yeshua, what was his purpose in writing the Sefer? He said that he really wanted to learn Rashi and Tosfus. Very often, he wanted to explain Tosfus' questions on Rashi and explain how Rashi could learn. But he said that his main purpose was to cause the Tamid Chacham to think more deeply, to bring about a more profound analysis on the part of those who already know how to arrive at halachic decisions. This quote of the Pnei Yoshua does somehow resound yet today in all yeshivas. 
the Pnei Yeshua very often is used as a springboard to create one's own chidushim and to explain how to answer the kasha or to argue with the points of the Pnei Yeshua. The best way to commemorate a gadol like the Pnei Yeshua would be actually to say over some Torah, to recite, to repeat some of the famous Torah of the Pnei Yoshua. The Gemara in Bavakama at the end of the first parak says that when you talk about covered Gadol, to do to a, a Nifter, when you want to show the extreme respect of Kavod Gadol for a, for a, a person who passed away, the best thing to do would be to build a yeshiva on his grave. It means to say Torah in his memory, in his honor. And, of course, the greatest kavod would be to say the person's Torah himself. And then you would say, his, his lips, as it were, are still speaking Torah. There is so much in the Pnei Yoshua that a person can quote and say, I'd like to relate to two famous ideas of the Pnei Yoshua, partly because I'm involved in them right now, in the Shir that I have uh, in right now, I discussed recently two different questions of the Pnei Yoshua. One is in the Gemara and Ksubis Tafyud Beis, the Gemara discusses the concept of Bari Vishama. One person who claims that he's sure, he's confident, he knows, and another person says, I'm not sure. So, Bari Vishema, the Gemara says, Bari Yadif, since the person claims that he's confident, he's sure, he knows, his claim takes precedence over the person who is unsure. So, Pnei Yeshua asked the world-famous question. In Hashavah Saveda, when we return lost objects, so the Gemara says that you have to ask for Simanim. The person who found the Aveda, the person found the lost object, so he announces that he found, let's say, a wallet. So somebody comes over to him and says, oh, I recognize that wallet, that's mine. Perhaps he recognized it through the sign that we call Tviyas Ayin. He recognized it, he said it's his. So the owner of the person who found the wallet then asks him, okay, so there's a piece of paper or some identifying sign in the wallet. What is that identifying piece of information? this point, if the person claims that he knows, and he gives what we call simanim, he gets the Aveda. But if he doesn't know the simanim, he doesn't get the Aveda. The owner, the finder, keeps the Aveda in his possession until someone else comes along who knows the simanim. Yes, the Pnei Yeshua. Why don't we say, Bari Vishema, Bari Yadif? The person who found it, he certainly doesn't know to whom it belongs, when he said to the person that claimed it, tell me the simanim, he's not saying it's definitely not yours. He said, I don't know if it's yours or not, but I'd like you to try to prove it. So he, the finder, is a Shema. The person who claims that he found it, that it's his, that he lost it, so he's a Bari. He says, that's definitely mine. Why don't we say Bari Vashema, Bari Yodif? The Pnei Yoshua raises the question of the relative values of Bari Vishema. When a person says Bari, it, part of the credence of his claim of Bari is because he knows he could be contradicted. 
since he could be contradicted, and he says Bari, he, as it were, puts his reputation on the line. The person who claims Shema also has a, another disadvantage. Besides the fact that he says Shema, he should know better. Generally, a person says, I don't know what happened to my object, or I don't know what happened in this particular case. In the Gemara, the phrase would be, he should know. In this case, Shema is, is a very weak claim, because he just should have known. And the fact that he doesn't know, or he claims he doesn't know, somehow weakens his position. So Pnei Yeshua said, that is true in most cases. But there are cases when there is a Bari Gorua and a Shema Tov. Sometimes there's a case where the, the Bari, the, the claim of being sure, is not such a, a good claim. The person who claims he lost it, he can claim whatever he wants. He knows that the, the person who found it cannot contradict him. He's not afraid of being contradicted, so therefore let him claim whatever he wants. He says, that's a Bari Garua. The person who claimed, maybe it's not yours, that's a Shema Tov. That's a, a special uh, claim that the finder has because he, there's no way he should know. He's not at all responsible for saying maybe and he should have known better. He couldn't have known better. He found an object. So the Pnei Yeshua gives this big Chiddush that a Bari Garua and a Shema Tov, you don't say Bari Veshema Bari Yadif. In such a case, you would say that the Shema is stronger than this weak Bari. This Chiddush, of course, of the Pnei Yeshua has been a, a debate in many Betay Medrash. Is there really a difference between a one type of a Bari, another type of a Bari, one type of a Shema, another type of Shema? And therefore, many other answers have been suggested. For example, uh, an answer has been suggested that in Hashavah Saveda, really we would say Bari Vishema Bari Yadif. We really would have given it to the person who claimed he found it. Except for the fact that the Torah says, Adro also. The Torah told us that you must check more carefully. Dorsheyu, the Gemara in Bav Dorsheyu. There's a mitzvah on the, on the person who found it to be more exact, more precise than the Ha'alacha would have required, if not for the Gzeres HaKosov, also. So, this whole discussion was prompted by the Pnei Yeshua, what is Bari B'Shema, and therefore, it still resounds, his work still resounds in the Yeshiva world. Another classic example where the Pnei Yeshua is still well known, is his exposition of the Machlokas of Suffolk Daraisa. The Rambam says, Savik Daraisa Luchumra is only Midrabanan, and the Rajba and others say, Savik Daraisa Luchumra is Midaraisa. The Pnei Yeshua used this argument to explain why Safik the Rabbanan Lakula. And he proposed the argument that according to the Rambam, every Safik the Rabbanan is in fact a, a, a double the Rabbanan, because Midaraisa, it would be Mutter anyway. So it's a Safik de Rabbanan. A Safik de Rabbanan, I'm sorry, he explained why a Sveika, I'm sorry, he explained why a Sveik Sveika is mutter. Because a Sveik Sveika, according to Rambam, is actually a Safik de Rabbanan. One Safik de Raisa is a Safik, is a Din de Rabbanan. A Safik de Rabbanan, another Safik would make it into a Sveik Sveika, which would be mutter. He explained that the Rajba would explain that a Sveik Sveika is mutter because of Rov. 
since Suffolk Daraisa is like 50-50, a Sveik Sveika would be a rove to say that it's Mutter. This famous machlokas between the Ramaman and the Rajba of Sveika Daraisa, Luchumra, was explained by the Pnei Yeshua to explain why do we say Sveik Sveika Lekula. Again, Reb Chaim had a third approach to Sveik Sveika. This machlokas, as explained by the Pnei Yeshua, still is very part of a vibrant discussion of Beis Medrash, and the Pnei Yeshua's Torah will, has not been forgotten, is still being learned in yeshivas, and we assume will be continue to be learned in yeshivas for many, many generations.